Hi, I'm Camila Peebles, and this is Real Charlotte Living, a weekly podcast highlighting Charlotte area lifestyle, business, and real estate. On today's episode, we're going to discuss opera. Ah! Don't worry, I will not sing to you the whole time or any other time, okay? I will save your ears. My guest today is the marketing director for Opera Carolina, Megan Miller. Megan, welcome to Real Charlotte Living. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be talking about the real Charlotte. Yes, know? yes, not the fake one. Not you know they got fake news fake and there's Charlotte. a fake Charlotte. There is a fake Charlotte, <laughs> but I'd like to say we're as authentic as we can be. Here. Yes, I love it. Um, so Megan, um, as we get started, tell me or tell everyone a little bit about yourself how you landed at Opera Carolina, what you do, all yeah. that good stuff. I have been here in Charlotte for eight years now, so I'm not quite the unicorn, but I am okay. probably on the upper cusp of one of the longest living Charlotte residences, yes. um, as we seem to be a commuter state. Um, I have always been involved in opera. Okay. Um, I got my undergraduate um, degree in voice performance and business marketing, um, knowing that I always wanted to sing opera. Um, born and raised in Palm Beach, Florida, so we moved to Minnesota after college for work. Ah. Um, sang with Minnesota Opera Company, still working corporate jobs, but singing as a hobby. Okay. Um, when we had the opportunity to come to Charlotte, of course, my Palm Beach roots were like, I am out of here, yes. Minnesota. I lived in Minnesota. Yeah, I was Goodbye. like, let's move on out. <laughs> but, you know, as everything always turns out, opera always has come first. Yeah. Um, before I landed an actual nine-to-five job here, I researched the opera company. That's kind of the first thing I always do, and found Opera Carolina, sent them an email. I was like, I've got a repertoire. Can I audition? Um, I was quickly um, introduced into the opera chorus as a resident artist. Um, I've been a resident artist of Opera Carolina for three years prior to joining their opera staff. Okay. Um, so I quickly was recognized from the administrative side. Um, I was backstage taking pictures, social media um, back then, which was like six years ago. <laughs> social media was still kind of on the up and coming rising. Nobody really knew how to handle it. You kind of had to have an eye for it. Yeah. Being that I was singing, I had the best eye because I had the behind the scenes eye. Yeah. I had the backstage eye. All the singers knew who I was, so they're very comfortable um, letting down their guard and talking. Um, so I was brought into Opera Carolina through social media management. Okay. Um, still working my corporate job, but having fun while singing. Um, about a year later, maestro James Mina approached me that their current marketing director was going to be leaving. And if I wanted the job immediately, I called my dad and I said, you remember when you asked me what the heck I'm going to do with a marketing degree and an opera degree? And he goes, yes. And I'm like, I'm a marketing director of an opera company now. <laughs> Boom, so there it is. dream job. Um, <laughs> if ever anybody's out there chasing their dreams, when I remember when I graduated, my dad's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll be a marketing director of an opera company someday. And, um, I've been there for six years, and we have witnessed everything from the great boom of excitement. We've done countless initiatives, getting new opera goers coming in, um, the younger audience members. Mm -hmm. I founded the uh, program Tweet Seats, which um, before influencers was a term. Uh, we had a lot of local influencers, which was just my handpick of friends at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we also founded Opera Cycles, which is um, an eco program that turns unused playbills, collateral postcards into couture runway gowns. Ooh. We went on New York Fashion Week twice. Okay. We went to Paris Fashion Week. Okay. Basically, we are trying to 
I always call it in almost like interception marketing okay. where we are intercepting people where they already are versus trying to market at them and only talk to people when we want them to buy. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to people when they are living their day to day. And all okay. of a sudden we just kind of integrate marketing and opera into that. Yes. So from pop-ups to performances to runway shows, um, we want to be a part of everything that is Charlotte. Okay. So right. that's the uh, over 30 second uh, <laughs> of how I came to Opera Carolina. Okay. So let's talk about um, how long has Opera Carolina been around? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we start, I mean, 1948, um, we were the Charlotte music. We basically were the Charlotte music group. Okay. Um, it was founded by a group of volunteers who wanted to bring opera to the community. Okay. And the only way to do that was to form an all-volunteer staff that was mixed between, you know, administrative that people that wanted to see the opera. It was put together by local artists, resident artists. Um, and the greatest thing ever that I find very special in my job is the original marketing director from the time when the Charlotte Music Group was founded is still here in Charlotte and is a mentor of mine, Leslie oh, Palianco. Wow. So okay. it's very incredible to have that relationship mm -hmm. and to read some of her marketing plans from how she was marketing opera. And the greatest part is we have not steered far from that route. Yes. We still incorporate resident artists in all of our performances. Okay. Actually, this season, if you look up on our big rotunda banner, you'll see four artists that live here in Charlotte that are they are main they are mainstreaming these productions. What is um, just for our audience that may not be mm -hmm. familiar with the arts world? Mm -hmm. What is a uh, resident artist? Someone who lives here locally. Okay. So they call Charlotte so their literally home. a resident. literally a local yeah okay. resident artist. So when I spoke about being a resident artist, um, a, a lot of that term with other opera companies, sometimes they fly in, they live there for a temporary amount of time. They call it like a young artist program or okay. a resident artist program. Okay. Um, and then they fly back to their home after getting, it allows them to get experience in other opera companies. Okay. Okay. But our resident company members are truly residents. Okay. They live here in Charlotte, they live at Huntersville, they live at Cornelius, they live in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Um, they're all over the place. And we are so lucky because we have so many of them. Yeah. And it's it really is amazing when our audience members can watch a lot of them grow. Because yeah. I know from singing six years ago as a resident artist and now seeing some of my friends whom we all joined the company together, and I was allowed to have, I say allowed, I auditioned, but I <laughs> had the opportunity to have two Compromario principal roles as a resident artist. And so it drew a lot of local people to the art form who wouldn't try it normally because yes. that's my friend on stage. Yes. And and we get a lot of that. And our, our audience members have watched a lot of these uh, young singers grow. Yeah. They hire oh, a lot beautiful. of them for their par private parties. I, I am very, I'm accustomed to getting on a table and popping some opera at an Italian dinner at a friend's house. I will take note of that for my next client appreciation. Yes. Event. We, we have known, uh, my, when I had <laughs> my third, opera, when we had my 30th birthday party, we, um, many years ago, we had, uh, four of my best friends came and we did a pop-up at my birthday party and everybody knew I would do something, but they just started singing all of a sudden and I sang and and that's really what we do here. We do a yeah. lot with the civic engagement. We engage our community. We engage our leaders. Um, we had, at this past opera we had um, for I Dream, we had a ton of local county officials there because okay. they know how much Opera Carolina 
contributes to the community and mm -hmm. tells the story. We utilize music as a vehicle for change. And that's been my platform. If I was going to do Miss America, that would be my platform is using musical as a vehicle for change. Okay. Because music brings people together. It think does. about Think about when you get in the car and that one song comes on and all of a sudden it's like you're transported back to that one time. Mm -hmm. Breakup, achievements, the fall, the weather, yes, the holiday. Summer. Yeah, yes. you just, music has that magic to just all of a sudden just take you out of the element you're in. Yes, I love that. And I love, um, I'm a big fan of the art, lover of the arts. Mm -hmm. um, I was sharing with you earlier. Yep. I used to work for Blumenthal Performing yep. Arts in their development department. And there is just something magical about when the um, curtain goes up. When the curtain goes up and, and, a, a and people share their gifts with you. Because yeah. the other part, you're kind of in awe. Yeah. Because it's like, as you all heard, There's no heard me badly do earlier, <laughs> like, I can't sing. And so to see people, you yeah. know, whip out these ranges. With um, no mics, no amplification. Yes. Well, the thing to, uh, actually, not to like reverse the roles, but a question for you is, so opera always has this stigmatism and it always has this, this blockade. When they hear opera, they think, you know, very stuffy, mm -hmm. unapproachable. Mm -hmm. You went to I Dream, and yes. I Dream, as an opera, girl, that was not an opera. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was Broadway. It was yes. Rent. It was, was Portland yes. Bass. It was, yes. I always it tell was, It yeah. felt like a musical. It yeah. did. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with, with opera is, I, I tell everyone, opera is not for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, I say this at Opera America every year, and people shun me, but there is an opera for everyone. Yes. And the people that we saw at I Dream... They may not come to the next one, yes. but they will always keep us in their mind when looking for an entertainment option. Yes. And I saw so many kids at iDream. Yes. I was dumbfounded. Yes. I was like, look at all these babies. Yes. <laughs> well, I believe I believe in an experience mm -hmm. you provide, whether it's, you know, whether I'm working with clients or you're going to see an opera yep. performance. And so I think, you know when people have the opportunity to mm -hmm. experience an opera, it broadens their horizons and opens the door to poten potentially checking out maybe another one. You know, I, I had a great experience here, so maybe I'll try this other one. Right. Um, and I think that's just how, you know, things grow. We try to make an experience. It's not just a ticket performance. Yeah. We do enrichment opportunities. We do um, all sorts of ways to bring the community together and use the message of Dr. King to teach the music that they're about to hear. Yeah. Yeah, I Dream was phenomenal. Yeah. It, it really was. And like I said, just to hear the um, composer's story, like his heart behind it yeah. was very moving. Well, so. the coolest part that not a lot of people knew and I knew was on September 21st, back in 1966, Dr. Martin Luther King was here at Johnson C. Smith University. Oh, wow. And music was a huge part of what the message that brought him. He was talking to a lot of the local musicians, the local arts teachers. So the message was so perfect for the opera because Dr. King cared a lot about music. Music, music was a huge aspect of what he preached. And he also preached in rhythm. Yes. And listening to a lot of his messages and his speeches, he had a rhythmic way of reaching people, oh, wow. which is easy to follow. And a lot of pastors do it nowadays. Yeah. And, and um, speakers, they go back to the pitch and the anchor and the hook. Yeah. But he knew it before anybody else did. I love it. Yeah. I love it.
Um, let's talk about uh, just, you know, what's the state of our world today and how has um, this pandemic impacted Opera Carolina and, and, you know, maybe opera in general? And what kind of adjustments are you having to make? Yeah, girl, loaded question. <laughs> but a good question because yeah. people need to know. And I think yeah. we saw a lot of skepticism for the first opera. Um, you know, ourselves and the Blumenthal with Wicked, we were the first two large organizations yes. to really welcome people back to the theater. Yeah. And and for us, it was a lot was about... Was it emotional? I'm sorry to interrupt oh, yeah. you. I, yeah. When I saw people come in... I had to kind of compose myself. Yeah. And I always get emotional on opening night. I yeah. mean, for all the, any work I've ever done, you know, when that curtain goes up, I'm like, we did it. It was yes. that very Reese Witherspoon yes. moment. Um, <laughs> and when this one was even more because people really had to trust us. Yeah. And trust the organization. Yeah. Now, during the pandemic, we saw some incredible out-of-the-box ways of connecting with people through music. Okay. Um, a lot of my, you know, predecessors, a lot of my um, equals out in the field, uh, other marketing directors, we saw operas in boxes, clear boxes. We saw operas staged with masks. We saw operas on the water. We saw operas socially distanced. We saw opera every way you could possibly opera think on about. on the water. So is that like your, the... I don't know, um, performers are on the back of a... Yeah, they're like, we've saw performers on boats. We've and then you're seen standing on the shore yeah. listening? We okay, have, that's awesome. We've seen, I've <laughs> seen so many different things, and a lot of my friends that are either marketing directors or artists, you know, I'm seeing a lot of these. Mm -hmm. um, we talked a lot about it on our podcast, XM Divas, where we talk to artists, we talk to composers, we talk to administrators, like, yes. how are you doing this? And we talked to three different ones who did... Operas in a clear box, which okay. literally thinks Tell me, tank. Okay. Yeah, Atlanta like, Opera what is did this. Clear box situation. Okay. Atlanta Opera did this. They picked the perfect peach, which is peach. The perfect piece, which is Pagliacci, <laughs> which is a circus. Okay. So they had a circus tent, okay. and they had the opera singers like a spectacle. Okay. So it was brilliant planning and a way to have you know welcome everyone to the ring. And yes. each of these enclosures were opera singers, and they were doing the piece Pagliacci, which okay. is a shorter opera. Okay. And. It was so incredible to see that. And here in Charlotte, we actually had a lot of opera singers, you know, on the administrative side, we're brainstorming, figuring out ways to pivot and ways to bring, you know, opera to different people. We were doing opera happy hours. I was calling up all my friends in New York City who were in lockdown yes. that were big deals, uh, opera singers. And I'm like, I need you to make a cocktail. Like, let's do something fun. Yes. Like, you know, and, and coming up with new ways for people to connect, which was amazing. But at home, a lot of our singers were using their talents to sing at nursing homes, Aww. going to the hospitals, going to people's windows. Aww. And it inspired me. And luckily, the timing was right around Valentine's Day. And we did singing Valentine's. And we encouraged people to purchase Valentine's. We partnered with our local favorite cheese board maker, Babe and Butcher. <laughs> yeah. We use our last. Uh, Lindsay's amazing. Yeah. And we, we, we had an opera. You could buy an opera love song. We would tailor it, personalize it. We'd either have a cheese board or not. And we went to people. and we sang socially distanced and brought opera to them oh that's so sweet and it was the most amazing turnout to watch these videos because we had, we asked people to you know take videos mm -hmm. obviously staff wasn't going to be there and the way we pivoted was really incredible because we not only brought opera to people which goes back to my whole integration marketing yeah. idea but i have wanted to create a virtual opera house for many years okay. coming from my digital background and finally, I had the, the fire and the ammunition yes. to pitch it, which yes. was, 
we need to bring opera to people in their homes yes. and we need to do it now. Yeah. So I created the first virtual opera house. Okay. Um, we had many other opera companies follow suit. Um, but we actually have the virtual opera house name. We partnered with a local development company here and we were releasing every Friday night operas from homes, opera from our resident artists. They were singing at home. They were singing on socially distanced terraces. Um, we were broadcasting from parties behind the scenes. We had over 515 people subscribe in that first month. Oh, wow. And we still have it. We're still planning to keep it running because okay. I think it's a great way for us to continue because there are going to be those who cannot attend mm -hmm. the operas. Not a matter of wanting to or not being able to, but physically, it's just not an option for them. Yeah. So this is our way of bringing opera to them. And, and that was the biggest lesson I think we learned with the pandemic was people are people have many ways of connecting with us. Yeah. So we need to have the options for them to connect to us. I love that, like a multifaceted mm -hmm. connection yeah. program. Yeah, the, 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 the digital geek in me was like, finally! <laughs> like, but it, you know, it, and the greatest part is the statistics, people were watching from all over the world. Yeah, yeah. If you put it out there on video, yeah. or if you talk if you about expanding it, your audience. Somebody I will mean, watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, what do you see as one of the greatest challenges facing the opera community mm -hmm. um, outside of like the pandemic thing, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of the... Um, accessibility is still always going to be a huge pinpoint for okay. us. Um, I think the stigma will always be there. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard to break it down, especially when a majority of our audience members prefer the big war horses. They yeah. want the Madama butterflies. They want the turndos. They want, yes. and you know, as an opera singer, those are some of my favorites. But if we want to reach a new audience, mm -hmm. we have to also create opportunities for new audiences yeah. with new works. So um, this March, we're bringing the falling and the rising to okay. um, Opera Carolina over outside of the Belk. And that is a story. Um, it's a veterans-based story. Um, it actually is told by a woman who um, is a veteran. And the, the screen opens with her Zoom calling her daughter. Um, very emotional piece, but very limited in set and scenery. The okay. music is in English. Okay. Um, it's a shorter opera. And it tells a story that's happening now. Okay. Um, and these types of stories, you have Steve Jobs operas, you have <laughs> Philip Glass operas. I mean, people are writing some incredible, incredible. Blue is one of my favorite new works. Um, there's a lot of different operas going on. And I think the more that we can bring some of these newer pieces, mm -hmm. we can get newer audiences. But the challenge is how to make everyone happy, which I think is... That's not possible. No, so Even we, Bob Marley said you can't... Make everybody happy. All people all and, the time. <laughs> you know, so that's what we have, Grand Opera Productions and Opera Unlimited. Okay. And they each have their own purpose. Okay. Op, you know, Grand Opera is to continue our legacy, to bring grand experiences, to transport people into a different time and place. And the Opera Unlimited is to encourage new people to engage with opera. Okay. A lot of that is done through partnerships, collaborations. Okay. Um, that's where the Opera Recycling initiative came from we were able to get into big large fashion shows across the country and across the world and they're there for fashion and all of a sudden mm -hmm. I throw an opera singer in there because that's what I do yeah and, and and meeting people in the middle we do it we've been actually thriving on pop-ups in neighborhoods uh, lately in cul-de-sac okay and that's a huge thing um, it's a very board um, our board of directors have really led the charge on that okay. getting food trucks and performances yes. we did an incredible performance at Blakeney I think the more we can get out there in the community in the community mm -hmm. and show people and then less 
the best thing ever was like, isn't that the, the song from the car commercial? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, one of these days they'll be using Opera to market their program, but until then we're helping them market theirs. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing is really introducing, you know, my friends, um, and I always say two of my friends who are anti-opera, they don't like it. You know, when I told them I sing it, they came to a few performances. They now take all their clients to it. Yeah. I've sold opera tickets to people I've met at restaurants, yes. to waiters, to waitresses. And... We sell experiences, yes. not performances. Yep. Because when you go to an opera, you are there, you're getting dinner before, you're getting a glass of champagne, you're dressing up. You don't have to dress up, but girl, it's we so need a reason fun. to dress up now. Yeah. I dress up doing front of house. And, I love to dress up. And and you know, there's enrichments. Um, I encourage anybody to get there early to listen to the pre-talks. Um, a lot of times when we do modern operas, we have the composers, we have local experts, mm -hmm. and and they leave the opera and they're they're so energized. It's like going yes. back to the nightclubs. It's like, and I also say that you look better coming home from the night at the opera than the night at the nightclub. <laughs> yeah. You know, your makeup's still on point. You yes. still look good. <laughs> and it, it is just such, I it's such a wonderful experience. It's a great first date night for anybody looking yes. to, you know, bring that special Take it up a level. On. Yes. <clears throat> if, a, if a gentleman walked up to me and said, hey, you want to go to an opera? <laughs> I would never turn it down. If yeah. you want to go to a bar, I'm like, no, 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 yeah. we're good. And, but that is really what we're, everybody is trying to figure out is retaining, you know, our audience member, how to yeah. get the new generation in. Yeah. And I think as much as we can integrate our art form into the daily lives of people yeah. is the way we're going to get new opera goers to come in. Yeah. Do you work with the schools at all? Yes, um, we have an incredible opera. Because um, I think that just, again, like providing access, it's exposure. Mm -hmm. Like having, I grew up with a love for the arts. I believe it was instilled in me because mm -hmm. of my grandmother. Yep. She listened to classical music all the time. Yep. Um, she sang. Mm -hmm. um, she did have that gift. Not yep. I. But that's um, the, that's my mother the traditional played the way. piano. Um, you know, all of, it was always around, I went to the Nutcracker mm -hmm. as a kid. I went oh, to, the Nutcracker, you know, yeah. museums and all the, and so I developed a love for all these different yeah. art forms. Um, and I just, And that's I really what like, we're instilling is we have yes. programs with our Verity Society that bring their, um, we call it Mama Mare at Moi, and it's Mother Daughter Night. Okay. Um, or Afternoon, and they bring like the kids. It. I'm really excited. This will be my first year I get to do it with my son. Oh. And we also have an incredible education um, program run by Ashley Lamb. And she okay. goes into the CMS schools. She has curriculum-based operas. This okay. year, it's Green Eggs and Ham. Okay. Um, we've done, you know, Nanita Makes Flan. We've had a Bumblebee opera. It's it, We go into the schools. The pandemic, definitely, we had to go digital yeah. and virtual. And that was tough. Um, yeah, for sure. It's hard to translate. Because what Ashley does the best with is she actually works with teachers on curriculum development. Okay. So the opera is not just a performance, it's an educational and it's a learning tool. Yes. Um, so there's a story that goes with it, and we usher them in through that. And then through that, they go into a student night performance. So the final dress rehearsal is often when we bring in our older students so they can come in. They can see the magic behind the scenes. Yes. Final dress rehearsals never go as planned. Maestro always stops. They've been a couple baton throwings yes. before. The kids love it. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's a great way. We have a really incredible program I can't talk about yet because I'm so in the middle of it is, you know, bringing the opera education to um, some of these larger public broadcasting shows that smaller children are watching. Okay. And, and really ushering in that smaller generation. Yes. Because 
my son, even though only three, is he's more inclined to listen to a certain type of music yep. because he hears, hears it. it. Yes. Um, and even though sometimes my hip hop choices are not always what he listens to, <laughs> it's very funny when he can connect the two together. Because yes. opera, um, and we've done a few hip hop um, collaborations yes. here in Charlotte with local music um, geniuses, and the baseline of a lot of opera music is the baselines of modern day hip hop tracks. You can find it from Kanye West, you can find it in Biggie Smalls pieces where you can hear an intro or an overture of an opera. Oh wow. Hidden in, in within there. this. Yeah. And it's an incredible piece that I, you know, my I really um Baba Tunde is a good friend of mine out in California. He runs the actual LLC hip hopera. Okay. And he is constantly educating, like, hey, you've heard this before. I mean, Beyonce did Carmen. Yeah. And that's based off the opera. Yeah. And if B can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> I love it. This is so great. Um, where do you see like the future of opera going? Um, yeah, that's probably the main question. Yeah, definitely. I, I really see opera going into a more mixed medium direction where okay. you're seeing a lot of these grand operas mixed with new works. Okay. Um, you know, you have your war horses, which are your big pieces that are from Puccini to Mozart mm -hmm. to Verdi, but you're seeing a lot of up and coming composers that are really getting their foot in the door. Douglas Tappan um, and many, many others that mm -hmm. are, are writing these pieces. And, and I, I foresee a lot of these new works getting implemented into grand opera seasons because okay. Douglas Tappan is considered um, an up and coming composer and okay. it is a new work. And he was a part of our grand opera season. He was okay. not just an opera unlimited season like the falling and the rising. He okay. was a grand opera. And I think a lot of companies are going to be introducing these types of educational based operas okay. because again going back to that music being utilized as a vehicle for change new operas are being written about things happening now yeah you know we there's um beautiful beautiful lgbtq um operas being written there's amazing um, um operas being written about autistic views and having a um, an actual, a sensory-friendly version of the opera. Yeah. And, and talking about things that people are going through, different relationships. The Steve Jobs opera is still one of my favorites. I, <laughs> I love it being that techie. <laughs> Philip Glass is an incredible composer, and he has multiple different um, operas that are out there. And and I see a lot of people, you know, as our warhorse, um, you know, aficionados are preaching for that. I think yes. people are also preaching for a newer take and, yeah. and I see some of these classics being re remodeled and re revised yeah. and and they're being you know produced in different settings and scenes it's not just the theater it's outdoor operas people yes. love things outdoors and I the more we can bring them out fabulous yeah the yeah. more we can bring them outside of the theater the better yeah. um I think virtual will have a new life I think you'll see a lot of virtual performances yeah. but even for myself I'm not going to go watch a, a virtual performance of Barbara of Seville because I've seen it, I've sung it, but I definitely, the pandemic allowed me to see more operas than I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Because I was able to see Akhenaten, girl, at the <laughs> Met, and that opera <laughs> blew me away. I could never get tickets, but because of the pandemic, they broadcasted it on PBS and I could watch it. Yeah. So I think they're going to see a lot of that too, where there's some enrichment with it. Okay. I love that. Um, I would say the fun part about the verse, I'm, I'm very much an in-person, mm -hmm. but you know, we had to adapt and adjust. Throw off the party was, at the house. I was, 
well, that's what I did. I yep. was like inviting friends over, yep. you know, it's girls night yeah. and we've got our symphony tickets or Heck opera, yeah. whatever. And let's hang out. That's what the pandemic that's had, to what do, you yeah. had to do. Yeah. Had to do. Cause yep. you we know, had before we were going out to dinner and then going to a show. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, we had to pivot just like the arts community. I think did. it's amazing too, from the artist's perspective is artists can now watch themselves perform. Yeah. <laughs> and we always had to ask and bribe and beg production companies. Can we see the video of ourselves? Yeah. Yes. get sound clips and now you know if if I am ever to go into a principal role again I would have an opera party like launch party like let's watch yes. like this is happening and and I think that's something you'll see a lot too yeah. and potentially an opportunity for you to join a watch party with your favorite Denise yes. Graves you know she's there on Facebook and she's got her friends and she's watching her performance yes. there's more inclusivity with that yeah I love that I love that so let me ask you, how can we support Opera Carolina? Absolutely. So obviously the first thing um, through Philanthropic is, you know, financially there's opportunities to come in on different donor levels. Um, you're able to get different experiences, sneak peeks, um, things. But the biggest thing I say is share, tell, talk, and listen. Mm-hmm. You know, that is that is that speaks more to me than asking for money because Money comes when value is there, when buy-in is there and excitement is there and inspiration is there. But I cannot inspire you if I don't know you. So inviting your friends, connecting with the opera staff. We constantly, if this is a first opera for you, let us know. We have first opera tickets. Um, We constantly, I like to think of myself as the Oprah of opera. You know, you get a ticket and you get a ticket and look (laughs) under your seat and you get a ticket. You know, the more people that I can expose to this opera art form, the more I know I can relate and connect with them. And, okay. and, and working with me specifically, um, all my friends know, they always ask, what opera should I see? Yes. And, and I do know, learning about your personality, I can recommend the opera for you. Because yes. if I just say, go to this one and this one, and it's not for you, mm-hmm. and you're not going to like it, you'll never come back. But the opera staff is so willing to work with you. We love working with children, reaching out to us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're completely available at disposal. Okay. That is the biggest thing, going online, seeing our posts, sharing them, telling your friend about it. Um, Communication speaks higher than anything. I'm sure the development department would kill me for saying that, but but I feel that's the best way to support us is is talking to your friends about this and bringing a friend and, and working with the opera staff on these experiences because we can make it an incredible evening out for you and your guests. I love that. Yeah. So I'm going to put a challenge out there. If you've never been to an opera, I dare you to go and buy a ticket. Yeah. Mention this podcast when you do. <laughs> um, we There might be some free tickets involved. Hey. If you mention the podcast, who knows? Who knows? I mean... I'm the one answering the emails, so probably, yeah. (laughs) But go. Go to an opera if you've never been and take a friend. Yep. And at least try it. You know, as my mom would say, when there was something new that I was like, no, I don't want that. Yeah. Just try it. Just Just try it. Just try it. Yep. Because you know what? You will be surprised. just like it after all. Um, What's your favorite opera? My favorite opera as fun. Well, Akhenaten is a new opera um, based on Egyptian times. It is my all-time favorite Ooh, opera now. Okay. Uh, an old-school favorite opera was The Marriage of Figaro, okay. um, primarily because that is my my favorite role to portray as Dorabella. Okay. Um, those are my two all-time favorite, new and old. old. Okay, I like it. Uh, what would you recommend for someone's first opera? 
For someone's first opera, the Barbara Seville is a great introduction. Okay. You'll recognize the tunes from the Looney Tunes. Okay. Um, <laughs> if you ever have the opportunity to see Douglas Tappan's I Dream, Yes. It's wonderful because it's it's a nice nuance in between the English translations, yes. the modern day topics. I found myself singing the um what's the song? Queen Oh, Queen. Oh, now. Like yeah. I was singing that for like days after. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but for, if you're you are local here listening um for Opera Carolina, Aida is in April. I thought mm -hmm. that's a fantastic first time opera. It's a beautiful, it's visually an aesthetic scene. The okay. performers are incredible, the music is gorgeous. Um, I'm big into the, I love all the props, the sets. There's a huge sphinx. I've done the role before. It's it's incredible. Yeah. So for this season, Aida is a great first okay. time opera. Okay. Yeah, that's the other part of it. Just the the costumes, mm -hmm. the set oh. design. That's why I got hooked on that. opera. When someone told me about singing opera, I was like, I can play dress up, makeup, hair. Yeah. <laughs> I can sing and be someone else. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, no more choral singing for me. I was hooked. Love at first sight. So... The before we go, I want to want you to give us the top five reasons to try an opera performance. Well, first off, why not? Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, second off, being ex I think exposing yourself to Opera Carolina allows you to see the rich culture that lives within our city. Yeah. That's um, the opportunity to be transported into a different time for one night. I think yeah. we all need to leave our homes now with the pandemic, yes. but why not leave 2021? Yeah. <laughs> why not leave 2020? Um, you know, going on number four, being present in this moment with opera is the music itself, the experience it gets, it is a great girls' night out. Mm -hmm. It is a great date night. Mm -hmm. um, and really, when you sit in that seat and you see the curtain, there's something so raw about live entertainment. And I compare it to anything. Go see Machine Gun Kelly, fine, live entertainment. Go yeah. see um, Dirk Bentley, live entertainment. It's the same with opera. You cannot get away from, you know what you're seeing on stage and those people being present at that time. Yeah. And it's affordable, number yes. five. Opera can That's be great. seen as, you know, very expensive. Sure, but every concert's very expensive. You can go buy a box and spend $1,000 at a concert. You yeah. can also get lawn for like $20. And opera tickets start at $23. So, um, and like I said, reach out to the Opera Carolina office staff if it's your first time opera. We always want people to have the best experience. We have different types of free ticket initiatives. We have different types of buy one, get one off tickets. We're constantly running promotions and discounts on our social media sites. We want everyone to experience the magic. Okay, I love that. Now, if people want to connect mm -hmm. with Opera Carolina, how do they do that? Where yes. do they find you? Yep. Where are you? www.operacarolina.org is our website. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and LinkedIn at Opera Carolina. Okay, awesome. And then one last thing, yes. because Megan told me this really cool news that she herself has a podcast. I do, I do. It's, <laughs> and it's about opera. Go figure. <laughs> so share with our audience what that is. And Yes, um, XM Divas is my podcast. It's a digital dose of opera realness. Again, breaking down the stigmas and stereotypes that sometimes... Uh, follow opera we can be found on spotify soundcloud apple music anywhere that you can get your podcast fix on and we talk about artists we talk about recently the coming backs it's our rising of the phoenix series where we talk okay. about a lot of the opera companies composers we have lots of famous opera singers come on a lot of our best friends um, and tons and tons of opera shenanigans okay. including the first 
opera singer to score this leading mark with opera, um, I think it, uh, just uh, Tucker, who is a football player, is also an opera singer. Oh, wow. And he <laughs> scored a huge uh, football uh, championship over the weekend. So now we can say we have an opera singer that is the first time ever to win this uh, this goal. So, hey. That's awesome. Yeah, I love so that's it. A, those are the kind of things we talk on the opera. We talk about people who are opera singers, celebrities. Okay. Um, but we also like to do some behind the scenes and you never know what you're going to get on it. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Megan, I'm so glad you joined me today. Thank you for your time. Thanks for having me in.